Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm host Dale Spangler, and I'm super excited about today's guest. I've known him for many years and consider him among my closest friends in the power sports industry. Andrew Campo is the co-founder and publisher of Vana Magazine. He joins me to discuss the ever-changing media landscape, managing a print publication in today's digital first world, and the publication's goal of telling inspiring stories about motorcycles and where they take us. This episode is brought to you by Moto America. See the fastest racing on two wheels. It's Moto America Superbikes at Atlanta, April 21st through the 23rd. Six classes of racing featuring 190 mile per hour superbikes. Fun for the whole family with VIP and camping packages available. See, feel, and hear the power of Harley Davidson and Indian motorcycles going head to head on the track in the Mission King of the Baggers. Treat yourself to the ultimate fan experience with the Moto America VIP experience. Enjoy a climate controlled suite with catering, rider meet and greets, and superbike gridwalk, and much, much more. Get your tickets and camping spot today at MotoAmerica.com. Moto America Superbikes at Road Atlanta, April 21st through the 23rd. Let's get started. Andrew Campo, we'd like to welcome you to Pit Pass Moto. How are you and what is happening today? Doing great, Dale. Thanks uh, so much for inviting me on the show. Uh, what's happening today is springs in the air. I'm here in Colorado in Denver area, and it's just beautiful outside. Uh, I got to ride a street bike this morning downtown and uh, short sleeves. And um, man, it's just uh, when you live here, you get excited for, for these days. You wait all winter long. But uh, yeah, times are good right now. Yeah, similar vibes here. We had uh, like 70 over the weekend. Didn't get out on my bike, but I saw like you sent me that photo of your new triumph scrambler oh my god how fun is that thing did you get out on some gravel at all um not so much on the gravel um i rode it this morning for my second time uh i just picked the bike up over the weekend and uh i honestly cannot explain how perfect that motorcycle is for me super happy with it it's a beautiful bike rides so nice and uh one thing i wanted to do this this year was um, spend more time on like um, fire roads and doing some off-road, you know, adventure bike style um, riding around Colorado because there's so much to offer up in those mountains. And so, yeah, that's why I picked that that bike up and super excited about uh, the days to come for sure. Yeah, there's something about, you know, both of us kind of coming from moto backgrounds. There's just something different about drifting a large, you know, heavy motorcycle on gravel at a decent speed that's just pretty exhilarating and completely different, but similar in the same token. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Grown up riding dirt bikes and being involved in uh, that side of things, I think uh, it makes you want to ride, it, you know, your street bike uh, on gravel roads when you can, you know. <laughs> but I like riding on roads as well. But uh, yeah, I definitely love that feeling of of being on a, a dirt road and, you know, having some slippage underneath you and riding a motorcycle like a dirt bike. Well, let's talk a little bit about Vana Magazine, um, you being the co-founder and publisher. How are things right now? Like, what what would you say is kind of the state of the union in some ways uh, for the publishing world at the moment? You publishing a print magazine in the power sports industry, focused on that. What's your kind of outlook on the publishing world in general? It's probably got to be tough right now with paper and other things like that, I assume. You know, we had some issues last year with paper, um, more demand than anything. 
uh, and we were able to make it through some of that. It seems like, um, you know, as far as supply chain issues and whatnot, it feels like those, those things are starting to become more normal again. I think for us, God, it's, I'm going to back up just prior to COVID, um, leading into COVID, I was like, oh man, I've put seven years of my life into this. What's going to happen? You know, and Ben, my business partner, he's, he's really good at pushing me forward and being like, dude, you're overthinking everything. But, you know, I figured that, um, COVID, you know, could be the end of us. Right. And, uh, Everything that I was expecting to happen didn't happen, and uh, we saw our subscriber numbers uh, rise. We, you know, we realized that, uh, or the industry, you know, brands realized that, you know, staying relevant was super important. Um, we provided a vehicle for people to escape, you know, what's going on in the world, and you know, turn tune into our pages and uh, and get a, you know, like an analog getaway. And I think that really hit home during COVID. You know, maybe more awareness around um, supporting small business. Um, and then, uh, you know, everybody got those stimulus checks. So the industry was, you know, booming there for a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen here in the near future, but we've, we've done really well. And since I have the opportunity, I'd really like to thank everybody who supported us from day one because it is a, uh, you know, it's a passion project that's become very real and uh, we couldn't do it without the reader support, the industry support, community support that we get as well. So it's been a great, a great deal. I got some photos yesterday from, or last night from uh, Ben, who is over in South Africa. And uh, I know he always has a way to just one up everything he does. Um, he's on a trip down there right now with uh, our staff photographer, uh, John Hebert. And um, man, we've got some beautiful stuff coming up for this next volume. I can tell you that much. Always beautiful stuff on the pages of Vana. It seems like, you know, I mean, the photographers, the level of photography, the writing, you know, everything. I mean, I feel like I've seen, you know, your partner, Ben, you know, speaking of him, I feel like I've watched him just become such an amazing writer through the years. Just, just really thought-provoking pieces. So let's talk about, though, where did the idea for Meta come from with you and your partner, Ben? How did that whole thing come about? Well, let me touch on Ben real fast. Uh, something you just said. He is super talented at pretty much anything he puts his focus into. And that's really, to be honest with you, um, where we started, right? I had been working with Ben. He was uh, an employee at the time when uh, I was managing Verb Moto. And uh, that's where Meta started. It, it was uh, started as a product. Um, our first two magazines were a product of Verb. I had been put maybe a decade of my life into Verb. Ben and I connected just kind of on the creative side. Uh, I loved working with him. He was super special. He'd done some things very early into his career that I was super impressed with. Um, he, he was the creative director on that Robbie Madison shoot that was done outside of Phoenix or Tucson in the uh, the airplane shoot, the airplane mm. graveyard. Yep. Uh, he designed that uh, JS7 gear that was um, really beautiful coloring for answer racing right before James's uh career kind of came to an end and he was at DC Shoes. He was um, just doing great things. And um, the two of us got to talking and uh, he really didn't want to spend much more time in California. He was uh, originally from Colorado. He was an employee, but a friendship grew uh, quickly. You know, we have common interests. And then we uh, we started looking at uh, 
a magazine called Monster Children, which is like a culture magazine uh, focused kind of, you know, skate, surf, music, uh, culture. And uh, we're just like, man, this is, this is cool because it's very independent feeling, right? And uh, right around that time, I was seeing that Instagram was uh, changing the way online publishers were going to be doing business. Like the writing was on the wall. And so my focus at Verb was, um, you know, it's a digital platform. And like I said, about 10 years into it, I realized that my what I was passionate about was producing print. And that goes back to my journey before Verb. I had started working in publishing in my uh, mid-20s uh, for the action sports group or at that time surfer publication group out of California. So I'd always been a big fan of magazines. Um, I'd spent enough time there to realize how to do one uh, or so I thought, (laughs) but I had worked in a lot of different departments uh, at at some, some incredible publications earlier on in my career. But um, yeah, I kind of, I think a lot of it also comes from like going against the grain or kind of, I remember when I first started talking in the industry, everybody's like, dude, what are you thinking? You know, print, print's dead. And it's not ever going to really die. If anything, I think it's a, a stronger medium right now for, for advertisers. I think the digital landscape, uh, a reader finds more trust in an ad at season print than, than they do uh, digitally. Uh, but yeah, long story short, you know, everybody's like, dude, that's uh <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I was you. And I think that's pretty much what fired it up. You know, you know, Ben and I, at the time, we, we kind of made a pact that, Hey, let's do something that allows us to, to live a certain, you know, uh, lifestyle that, you know, let's let that magazine do that for us. And it certainly has, um, we're about a decade in now. Uh, we are a decade in now. And, um, yeah, it's taken us both all over the the globe. It's uh, it's been an amazing journey. It's been um, it's been super hard um, some days, but other days you just feel really fortunate that you kind of believe in yourself. Yeah, it's almost like you guys went the opposite direction when everybody was heading down this you know digital path. You guys flipped the script and you kind of create this tangible product that you can hold in your hand that we all know. You know, like I sent you that photo over the weekend, you know, of all the books I've, you know, collecting them. Like, it's nice to have something that looks beautiful and you're able to kind of just look at those again and touch and feel and, and the paper quality. And, and it's just, it's completely different viewing photos in a book compared to online as well. So to me, I feel like it was just, you guys were, I go back to, I, I say it a lot on this show is like, I'm a big believer in timing and it just seemed like the timing was right for you to do this. And you put everything into it with amazing photography and just, you know, top quality, you know, writing. And so I think that's probably a huge reason. But one of the things I noticed too is like, uh, and it's something I picked up on recently, I wasn't really noticing it so much before, is you guys do these themes throughout each issue. And so like this issue that just came out, Spring 23, the theme is letting go. So talk a little bit about that. Obviously, you make a conscious effort each issue to create, you know, all the stories, photography, everything like that kind of revolves around a common theme. Have you done that since the the start of the magazine? Yes and no. Sometimes those themes find themselves, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, the very first um, volume, we were a motocross magazine. Um, that's a world we were in. Um, it was very similar in you know design and quality of paper and everything. But our editorial focus was you know on the world of motocross. And then um, the third issue, and that's when Ben and I started realizing, like, dude, we. Live 
we love all kinds of motorcycles. Like we don't just live on dirt bikes. Let's celebrate all genres of motorcycling. And I think when we decided to take that leap of faith, which was really early on to do something like that, now that I look back on it, that's when I think we started to really find our, our identity. And then um, if I think back on it, I remember having conversations going into the third volume with Ben, like, dude, how are we going to keep these stories coming? You know, like, uh, I thought we had already thought up everything we could ever think up, you know, and uh, <laughs> since then we've grown an, an enormous team of, of contributors that have helped us like uh, along the way and, and some really, really talented um, people. So, you know, those things help dictate a theme at times. Going back to the theme, a lot of that will come from Ben. Um, letting go, I think, uh, I know exactly where that came from. You know, I think... Uh, I think there's been a lot of like uh, fatigue, you know, in the world today. Absolutely. You know, I think that's where the letting go theme came uh, from with Ben. You know, he's uh, he's been, you know, like like any of us, um, you know, needing to let go, needing to get back on his bike, um, needing to, you know, just let these things bounce off of us and and focus on on day to day living. Well, I know from my personal experience, and you probably have similar being in the Rocky Mountains, like this has been one of the longest winters, I swear. Like it came in September late and never stopped until, I mean, we still have a ton of snow in the mountains. So this year, I feel like that spring 23 issue, it's, it's even more fitting because everybody's just chomping at the bit to get out and do anything outdoors. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's that time of year. And I'm glad that we have a product that's, you know, able to inspire other people. Like not everybody has a beautiful sunny day right now. I can tell you that much. Again, being a kind of that tool that always makes us feel good. You know, storytelling is is what we set out to do from day one. That's why we, we've called it a print collection. And I, I've seen that voice really improve itself over the years, you know, through both Ben uh, and the other journalists that, that we have uh, work for us. And from day one, I've wanted somebody that, doesn't have the opportunity to live a life similar to mine. Uh, I've, I'm really blessed. Last night, I, I scrolled my Instagram through the last 10 years thinking about this call today. And I was like, geez, man, I've done so many things on two wheels over the last 10 years and constant adventures. But I, I created that opportunity for myself. So I'm more proud of it. But I really like the fact that our book could possibly inspire somebody to buy a bike for the first time to say, you know, the heck with it. I'm going to take some personal time off and I'm going to, I'm going to travel to Baja and ride motorcycle um, through Baja or, you know, just anything like that. I feel like there's so many people that are just trapped in the monotony of the day-to-day life. And um, if we can, if we can inspire one person, which I'm sure we have, um, then I felt like uh, we've done our job. Well, I feel like you're, your character, you're like a natural, natural born storyteller to begin with. And so I feel like that drives and Ben as well. You guys both seem like you're that way. You're very curious people. You're open to, you know, experiencing new cultures. And so I feel like that's a huge part of the mentality that goes into this book, you know, because, you know, you have to be open-minded to try new foods and, you know, experience different cultures and go extreme locations where you've been, you know, I mean, you've been, like you said, to some amazing places like Bali comes to mind, you know, I remember you talking about that, you know, just cruising around there on scooters and just enjoying it, you know, and it seems like that's just a huge factor behind Vana 
is just that that whole storytelling element, like you said, that inspires others to potentially go ride a motorcycle if they've never ridden one before. Absolutely, or to pick up a camera or a video camera. I think there's, it's cool, and, I, and I, br- I bring that up because um, we've had a few conversations over time where you know, the, the book reaches people that aren't motorcyclists and have no plans to become motorcyclists, but they still enjoy the content. So still relatable. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you know, it's universally relatable. It seems like. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I went to um, Barnes and Noble the other day and was hanging out in the, uh, the lady that curates the periodical stand. She, uh, or I thanked her for our position because our magazine was like, boom, I walked around the corner and there it was. And, and she's like, oh my God, I love your magazine. She goes, we just wait, wait, wait for your covers because they're so great. So we got to talking and it was really cool to know that um, she's never been on a motorcycle. She doesn't care to be on a motorcycle, but when our, our magazines come in, she takes the time to pull one out and go through it. And uh, it was cool. It was really cool for her to get to meet me. And uh, I, I love seeing that where it's the product, it's, you know, Ben's um, artistic abilities that, that give us strength to reach, you know, uh, outside of our community and demographic. It's pretty cool. So what's, what's, uh, talk about more about your role as the, you know, publisher, like what's a typical day look like for you? I mean, what is your, your primary focus with the magazine, you know, as publisher? Day to day, my, my focus is on building the business, um, relationships are, are key to everything we do. And that's, that's really where I think I shine the most, but, um, we're a three man team. Uh, it's myself, Ben and Derek Mayberry. Uh, Ben focuses on everything creative and Derek and I make sure that the lights are turned on. And, um, you know, if I've worked, like I mentioned earlier, um, with many different publications in the past and usually, you know, you're staffed, um, back then, you know, you're staffed 20 to 40. So a day to day, man, I could be packing up magazines. Um, I could be working on strategy. That's uh, what we're doing right now. Uh, a lot of focus in, um, on our brand moving forward. Um, Derek and I are working on putting together something that's going to take us on a tour. Um, we'll be announcing that uh, here, I believe, on the 26th of this month. So um, just planning, you know, activation. This weekend, I'm going out to Austin for um, the hand-built show that uh, that the guys at Revival put on, Revival Cycles down in Austin. Um, nice. Yeah, super excited for that. But, you know, my job this weekend is to catch up with, um, you know, uh, my buddy Paolo from Revit to talk to – you know, um, Adam Vanderveen from Triumph, you know, just get some FaceTime in with those guys and further work on ideas. Uh, uh, so yeah, day to day, um, where we're either working on concepting, um, a shoot and we do a lot of production for our clients as well. So it's just a mix of stuff that comes at us that, uh, sometimes I, I uh, feel like I'm drowning, but I think the, the fact that we're so nimble makes us, you know, capable. So yeah, it's a mix for me. It's a mix of, of a lot of things. I do try to write once in a while. Um, I wrote a story um, about a really great close friend of mine, Cody Schaefer recently. Yeah. We had him on. Yep. Yeah. 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 It was an amazing yeah. opportunity for me back in the very early first couple of years. Um, I was trying to put pen to paper more, more often, um, 
but uh, creatively, I'm, I'm maybe more involved on the, the ideas side of things, uh, not so much the execution. That's where Ben comes in. But yeah, just focusing on, I mean, right now we're, uh, like I said, almost 10 years old. Um, it's for us, I think it's a great time for us to grow our brand. And so we've got uh, we a few different things that we're working on right now that are going to change our path a little bit moving into 2024 and beyond. And um, you know, so kind of reinventing things just a bit, but uh, also elevating things. And um, yeah, so that's where my focus is. And, that, and that's super fun because when you get to that point where, where you know you want to do more, um, you start pushing forward. It feels really good. Yeah, it's funny. I always thought of you as, uh, I don't know if you read Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point, but I always think of you as a connector. He has a, so in his book, The Tipping Point, he kind of famously described three types of people who make ideas happen. There's the maven who shares their knowledge. There's a salesperson who convinces others to adopt ideas and then a connector who distributes the ideas. And I just always think, I mean, you have all three of those for sure. And I feel like you do all three of those in your role as publisher. But I feel like the connector to me, I always think of you're like a senator, man. You just know so many people and you're so good at the, building those relationships. Uh, would you agree there? Yeah, I, I kind of, I do know a ton of people from within, with you know, our industry and also action sports and everything else. And, um, I like making friends, so, and I talk quite a bit. So, uh, I consider myself a really friendly person, an approachable person. Um, I'm more, I'm usually very interested in, in what anybody else um, can bring, you know, uh, through conversation, friendship, um, alignment, those things. And I, I believe that, you know, like the success of what we've done here, um, you know, is three of us that work on it every day, but there, again, it's uh, an army of people that actually make it happen from our advertisers to our readers. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you brought that up to me not too long ago about being the connector. Um, I do know a ton of people. <laughs> I, I wish I was uh, in California a little more often as far as like an industry um, more lunches, more of those lunches things. Yeah, more lunches, yeah. stuff like that. I, I used to spend a lot of time out there. just haven't found that that opportunity. I did. Uh, I was able to go to the AIM Expo show this year in Las Vegas. And that, for me, that was a, a really good opportunity to see some faces I haven't seen in a while, um, you know, network with everybody. And um, that was super rad. And Derek has that same gift, I, I would say, um, just he's, he's approachable. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and yeah. so that, yeah, I, I think between the two of us and relationships are key, you know, um, but that's what we do is, is build relationships and connect people. I can't tell you how many people, how many times I've been asked like, Hey, who would be good for this job role or, you know, just within the industry, we've got, we've got a, a, a great little circle that we all turn to each other from time to time. It makes me think of, uh, one thing, Dale, you were on the, uh, when COVID hit, remember we did those uh, roundtables together. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and that was um, my idea. Then was like you know everybody had been at home for uh, I think about two months then, and I remember that was a, uh, an effort I put together to bring um, you know different brand managers and marketing specialists and uh, you know influencers, you know people working in the industry together to you know kind of take temperatures with each other see how things are doing um you know learn from other people's good decisions uh, bad decisions like we i think we did that for about six of those but uh 
Yeah, it's just good to kind of feel alive. You know, like I felt like we were all just so cooped up to where, man, it was just good to talk to other like-minded people. Yeah, and I think it is great because there's a a lot a lot of people, or at least speaking for myself, there are some days you're just, you know, fearful. You're not sure what's going on. And, um, you know, I, I think knowing that you have some companionship out there, the, um, you know, you, you have other people that are facing the same problems, uh, Pulling those groups of people together was was something um, I, I'd actually like to do more of in the future when I get a, uh, a little more time on my schedule. But yeah, I guess I do know a lot of people. Um, I- <laughs> <laughs> well, two other words I had to describe you is kindness and empathy. And I feel like those are two things you just exude, whether it's you're talking to people, you love animals, situations, you've been to Haiti. You know, I mean, it just seems like that's part of your character. It's one of the things I, I like about you so much, you know, being a friend with you. is just, like you said, you're approachable. You're genuinely a nice person. I think that is why so many people get around and surround you guys. I feel like the Vana publication is, you know, they want to be behind good people. I appreciate that uh, first and foremost. And I don't know, that's just kind of my, my nature. Um, you're right. Um, I love animals. I I don't believe in, <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I don't hunt. Um, I, I just love critters and, and I love, I love uh, probably critters more than humans these days, <laughs> but there's some damn good humans out there as well. You know, I, I don't know, man, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of things growing up. I lived in the South for a while, saw a lot of ugly stuff when I was a kid and man, I just, I love everybody until they give me a reason not to, you know? And I, I think that's a good approach, you know? Yeah. I feel like you treat people, I mean, there's that saying, you know, treat people how you want to be treated and you truly act that way, I feel like, you know? And so yeah. I feel like that's, I, that, that definitely drives who you are. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Sometimes, I, you know, it's good and bad at times too because I think it's like you turn on like um, mass media is not my favorite thing. And you just see all this divide and craziness going on in the world and hatred and man, that stuff just literally zaps me, you know, like I want nothing to do with that. You know, it's exhausting. Um, It really is. It it, it can be exhausting. And I I don't know. I just, uh, I'd rather be uh, happy and in a, in a good vibe than uh, any other way. So like I said, I, I try to try to help people when I can. Um, done a lot, a lot of things in the past. I've learned from some great people. I've uh, a friend, Paul Tamborella, that's uh, been a mentor to me in many ways. And uh, he's the guy I went to uh, Haiti with, and I believe he's in Guatemala right now, but he's a successful man that uh, donates his time and, and uh, time and money to helping communities in need all over the world. And, uh, Real interesting fact, I know we're not talking too much about motorcycles here, but when I went down to Haiti, I think um, 2017 maybe, uh, following Hurricane Matthew, I went with Paul um, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to join in on the trip. And I was so excited at the opportunity to go help other people, right? Like uh, at at that scale is a good way to put it. Um, we've set up food distribution camps, worked on wells, put new homes on houses and things of that nature. Um, but man, you get down to Haiti and these people have nothing. I mean, nothing. And although they had the biggest smiles, I was shooting photos down there and, you know, I, I just started recognizing that and I was like, geez, um, then you come back here 
I remember coming back from Haiti and just kind of being back in the civilization around here for a day or two and everybody's honking at each other and walk around with grumpy faces and yeah. you know <laughs> like man this doesn't none of this makes sense you know uh, my point there is um i went to haiti wanting to help other people and uh it wasn't until you know i had been back here and kind of settling back in it, it was definitely a shock that i realized how much it it was helping me and i know I, I didn't go there looking for help right but uh i just realized um how valuable that was for me because I can always think back to those, those beautiful smiles and the, those little kids that, you know, they build their toys out of, out of trash. Right. And they're just happy, beautiful people with nothing. And I feel at some points, you know, I feel like the world we live in is uh, it's a pretty greedy world at times, you know, before you finish today's episode, first we have a word from our sponsor. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Well, what are some of the uh, things you have coming up with Vaughn? Anything you you can share with us? Or I know you had some of these events you were kind of alluding to, some of the ones you've done in the past, like Rumble at Oak Ridge, and then that Leadville Holiday Moto experience that you and I talked about last year. I think last year was the first year. Talk a little bit about some of these events you have coming up. Oh, I'd love to, actually. Um, Rumble at Oak Ridge is uh, an event I think I've been maybe eight years now helping John Kriegel put on a, a race in Iowa that is – arguably the most beautiful autocross facility on the planet. It's just breathtaking out there. But we've been building a race out there for eight years now. We do it, um, I think it's going to be last weekend of September this year. And it's just becoming something very special for the Midwest. We've had great support. We've uh, got Yamaha. Last year, um, Vilpoto was our guest of honor on behalf of Yamaha and the Blue Crew program. And he was at the race and he is so flipping nice like we've had emig there we've had anderson there we've had josh hansen there we've had dean wilson there um man the the list goes on um emig used to get you know in the vet class and and uh, race at that race but Villapoto, a he gave away a, a brand new yz125 last year i think we're doing the same thing this year nice um and we did a spirit award which was killer we found this kid that uh that he gave us um reasons i mean he was just this very helpful kid at the track he was ripping on the track and outside of that he was just a good kid 
But Bo Poto gave him, you know, his bike with the number two graphics. I mean, the sickest little 125 in the world. But throughout the weekend, he was popping in and out of all kinds of different classes. You know, 65 class would be out there. And then here's RV in the middle of the pack. And uh, it was it was great, man. It was uh, I couldn't just imagine, you know, being a whatever on your super mini and, and you've got RV coming up on you. You know, it was uh, created something really special. Uh, the community was was super happy, and thanks to Yamaha for all they do for that race. Um, that's my one thing I look forward to all year. Is that's kind of like my vacation, if you will. I, I just help John any way I can because uh, he's a great friend, and the motocross community needs more people like him. It's surely from the track owner's perspective, just salt of the earth, good people. But that's what I really like about Iowa and that community. I think there's still a lot of good values in, in the Midwest, and we see that at the track. And, um, yeah, that's my that's my motocross uh, holiday every year, which is great. So I just help with the race any way I can. And, um, yeah, we've got something special going on there. John is going to help this year as well. He's going to come out from Iowa. You mentioned an event called Holiday. Um, that's Holiday Moto Experience, um, something we created last year here. And I say we, it's not really a Vana deal. It's something I'm working with um, a local uh, team that we're really close with uh, called the Outer Kind, um, their experiential marketing group. But um, the idea is to bring kind of what well, it's, Vana supports it, but um, we don't have the infrastructure that need to put on an event. So we work with Outerkind on it. But uh, Leadville is just beautiful. It looks like a little mammoth mountain. Um, you know, the dirt reminds me of mammoth and the views are incredible. But uh, it's a really beautiful motocross practice track at, you know, 10,000, maybe 11,000 feet in Colorado. It's epic. But last year we um, put together a weekend that included single track rides, adventure rides, street rides, open practice um, for moto, we had a special girls happy hour by 805 um, concerts. Our, our friend Jimbo Darville and Truckadors played on uh, Saturday night. So basically you come up to Leadville. The idea is to get different genres of motorcycling together to maybe you know try their hand at something new, but also to camp out and just you know, have, have an incredible mountain weekend. And, uh, this year we plan to expand to 500. We did, uh, 250 to 300, somewhere right around there through the gate. And we were, everything we did last year was, uh, focused on, you know, how to scale this thing in the future. And, you know, um, so we, we went in with the mentality of, um, you know, we bring in a smaller audience last year, um, cater to all their needs, take, take those notes and feedback back to the table. And man, we, we put that whole thing together last year in like six weeks and we've been working on it since last year, this year. So that event again is um, for anybody to come up, it will be ticketed this year, but um, basically your, your ticket gets you a, a three day pass of, you know, catered barbecue, pancake breakfast, um, free sample beer from 805 all weekend. Uh, our brand supporters will be, on site as well. Um, the one cool thing about it is I've never hosted like a, an event that wasn't a race prior to this. And, um, <laughs> man, last week, last, it was just cool because when you take the, the racing out of dirt bikes, man, there's a lot of happy people 
wandering around, you know. Uh, to, yeah, the fun factor goes up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know what the pits are like at some races, Dale, you know? Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, it's just a good times um, get together in Colorado that uh, really sparked the interest of a lot of people in the industry. And Yamaha, um, they were amazing. Uh, they set up J- uh, Jason Reigns and the whole demo fleet comes up so you can test and ride new bikes. And uh, Revit is, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're a Dutch-based company that has offices now here in Denver, um, very gear-focused and, and great friends of ours. But, uh, you know, those guys, 805, I think um, this year we're going to try to get uh, the girls um, – the Outwild girls up there. I think uh, Vicky Golden might make an appearance uh, at this year's event too. So we, we can uh, screen her her movie that's out right now. I, th- I think brands are finding it very, you know, an opportunity to, you know, uh, an inclusive opportunity with, with the community is big for brands right now. So uh, quality FaceTime too, you know? Yeah, that's it, yeah. you know? Um, this this year is July 14th through the 16th, um, and uh, yeah, Leadville Motocross Park. Uh, the URL for that website, which I need to do some updates, is holiday-or-moto.com. Super excited about this. And again, like this is uh, for me, <laughs> I just love doing this stuff. I probably would be uh, a lot less stressed out if I... Uh, if I didn't do these things, but I felt like our community needed it and I felt like our industry needed it. So here we are, you know, one more thing on the plate. Well, it sounds like an epic event to me. I know I, I was talked about coming last year, didn't make it. So after talking about it more now, I just wrote it down. It's going into my calendar. So it sounds like just such a fun event. All the photos I've seen, like every photo is like a postcard. So, I mean, it's like you said, it's such a unique setting to where, you don't get something like that in moto too often where you're riding your dirt bike at 10,000 feet. So, well, Andrew, really appreciate your time today. Really uh, super happy and proud of what you, you guys are doing with uh, Vana Magazine. Like I said before, you're, you know, I consider you a friend, you're a mentor, role model for me. And uh, just really appreciate your time today. Um, anything else you want to share with our listeners, though? Uh, any other information? Yeah, I, I would like to share a few things. Um, I'm going to say this real fast. Um, I've been talking to my old partners um, that resurrected Verb uh, a lot recently. And, you know, I know those guys put on uh, the World Mini Race. You know, they rebirthed that uh, this year or resurrected it. And, uh, I'm just happy for those guys because, you know, that's uh, that journey got me to where I am. And um, that's the one thing I'm missing right now is I wish I was at more amateur races, but I'm really happy to see my my uh, my team of uh, old partners at Verb kicking butt right now. That makes me feel good. Um, so I wanted to shout that out. But I also wanted to thank you, Dale. Like when we got uh, started in the industry um, many moons ago. Uh, and I've told you this more than once, uh, you're one of the first people to step up and, and support um, visions that I had. And uh, without that, I don't know, maybe there would be no Vana magazine. I doubt that, but I thank you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you've been a big part of, of, of my journey in a lot of ways. So thank you for all the support over the years. And thanks for the opportunity to be on Pit Pass. Uh, I haven't done an in- interview in a long time. I know we didn't talk a whole lot about uh, motorcycles and dirt bikes, but um, I'm loving them more than more than ever right now. I've ridden more this last year moto than I have in the last ten years, and uh, yeah, my heart's there for sure. It's uh, my one love, and 
I'm glad to be able to share some of my experiences with others. So thanks for having me on. Thank you. And once again, appreciate everything you do and just the positivity you put on motorcycling and, you know, sharing it to others. So appreciate your time today, Andrew. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow Pit Pass Moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmoto.com where you can listen to past episodes and purchase your very own Pit Pass Moto swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson and the production team at Wessler Media. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.